Broadcasting from deep within Angel Stadium, this is Angler Chronicles. Good morning, Southern California. From Joshua Tree at Dutch Harbor, from the Canadian wilderness to the Amazon jungle. Buckle up, because it's going to be wall-to-wall action on Angler Chronicles. Angler Chronicles is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, California's fishing, hunting, and shooting headquarters since 1971. Van Warmer Resorts, Hotel Palmas de Cortez, and Hotel Playa del Sol. Fishing Syndicate Quality Custom Rods. Get syndicated. Carne de Teresa, providing quality, handmade, marinated meats. Owner Hooks, perfection in hooks. Lake Elsinore, the city of Dream Extreme. And Bite on Fishing, where your next catch is only a castaway. Good morning, Southern California, and welcome to this week's episode of Angler Chronicles on Angels Radio, AM830 KLAA. I want to say uh, good morning to everybody. I'll be your host. I'm running solo in studio, but through fiber optic lines, okay, you know, we have uh, some, this guy right here. Okay, I don't know where he came from, but deep, deep from the mud. Without further ado, the earthworm himself, Andrew Mack from Max Fish Reports, IGFA, and Western Outdoor News. Good morning, earthworm. Good morning, Sergio. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Pretty good. Okay, good, 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 good. And then, of course, our dear friend. I don't know what I'd do without him. Okay, this guy knows a lot of stuff, okay? He's the director of the Penn Fishing University. Also, um, the fishing encyclopedia, as far as I'm concerned. Any questions I ever have, any fish ID, goes straight to Mr. Steve Carson. Good morning, Carson. Good morning, Sergio. Good morning, everybody. So you know what? So we're writing a little solo today here in studio. Mia is obviously not here. Okay, we're wishing Ben the best. He just had some surgery done this week, and also to Bobby. So Ron's taking care of his wife. So everybody's. I mean, we're all we're all here. We're all we're all alive and kicking. How's that? I like that. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and start up. I want to talk about a lot of things today, guys. I want to talk about our recent El Dorado trip. We've got Taco Tuesday coming up on the 28th, right after Thanksgiving. I want to hear about your Thanksgiving plans, okay? I'm going to tell you also a big thing's happening again this year down in Lake Elsinore. We're going to be participating in the parade. We'll have a float. So Earthworm, tell Erica, okay, uh, on December 2nd. We'll be down in Lake Elsinore that Saturday. And then I also want to talk about plans for 2024. I mean, we've got all the shows are coming up. Bart Hall has three shows, one in Long Beach in January, then February in San Diego, and then March. It's more of a boat show, but up in Pomona. And then, of course, we have the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show, March 7th through the 10th at the OC Fairgrounds. So looking forward to that. We'll talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about weather. Okay, just because the weather's down doesn't mean the fish are down. Okay, when I say the weather down, I know we had a little bit of rain, but and it's been kind of sporty out there. But I'll tell you what, the eight, out of H and M, the legend just limits bluefin. 
okay, uh, while, they, while we're talking, and they're on day number two. So day number one, they already got limits. Let's see what they're doing on day number two. And we'll talk about that. I also want to talk a little bit about Rockfish, and I'm going to let this one over to Steve Carson when we get there. Um, the difference between slow-pitch jigging and fast-pitch jigging, okay? These are great new ways to fish, and it's a lot easier, and I've seen some crazy stuff. Okay, even for tuna. Okay, I, I, I want to. I really want to get into this subject. So, without further ado, though, we've got to get into the freshwater. I know that during this season, is when more, most people are going out, going to the lakes, and getting going. So, uh, earthworm, Andrew, I'm handing it over to you. All right, sounds good. Yeah, we are in full swing trout season right now. Um, a lot of the lakes are stocking. Some are doing, uh, you know, private stockings from Mount Lassen, and then some are just getting uh, state stocks. What's well, very cool uh, that's happening this season that hasn't happened in a long time, actually, there's three lakes that are not getting state stocks anymore, and that's Silverwood Lake, uh, um, Castaic Lake, and Pyramid Lake. Now, when I say it's cool that they're not getting state stocks, because what that does is that now that allocates 60,000 pounds of trout that are not going to these three spots. So each one gets about 20,000 a season. So what that frees up is the state county now has an additional 60,000 pounds to spread out throughout Los Angeles County, San Bernardino County, uh, Orange County, and San Diego County. Uh, So they'll be able to to add more fish throughout the season. So now you're going to start seeing these lakes. Like, for instance, you'll start seeing, uh, uh, you know, like Alondra Park or Kenneton Park or, you know, down in Orange County, like Carr Park, Eisenhower Park. Uh, instead of stocking, you know, four times uh, 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 a season, now they're going to stock some places up to ten times a season. You know, so, so that's going to have a lot more options. Um, you know, in these counties to fish, you know, these these uh, city parks and stuff like that. So that's really awesome stuff. Now, Silverwood, Castaic, and Pyramid, they're on their own program now. So when, now what they're going to be doing is they're going to be stocking from Mount Lassen. Uh, uh, Pyramid and Castaic are, are scheduled to stock uh, uh, early December, uh, which they're going to they're gonna get 5,000 pounds um, uh Per stock, basically, until you equal that twenty thousand, you know, mark. So it's it's going to be some interesting stuff because I know they haven't had Mount Lassen at, at any of those places in a long time. So expects you know a little bit bigger fish in that two pound range. Um, you know, hard fighters. It's just it's just exciting all the way around. And then of course you know these lakes as well. Once they get stocked with a trout activate something in the water that comes up you know i call them little submarines but the big stripers start coming up and and the guys start coming out with their big swim baits and you know it's kind of this whole process of you know you're going to get the trout anglers and then you're going to get the trophy hunters which are looking for those you know those those 10 to 20 pound striper that that have been in there you know in the lakes and stuff so really awesome stuff for freshwater so let's go ahead and uh, go to another lake here Santa Ana River Lakes, they stocked uh, on Thursday from Mount Lassen with 5,000 pounds of fish. Uh, this included, uh, uh, you know, trophies uh, mixed in double digits. Uh, you know, even the, the smaller ones from that three to eight pounds, uh, that was mixed in as well. And Friday, 
it was just everything was biting. The entire big lake was biting. Christmas Pond was biting. Lots of limits caught. Lots of people, you know, throwing jigs, either throwing the mini jigs. Uh, some were drop shotting, uh, and then you know, and then some were you know soaking bait. But it seemed like a lot of trout were eating very well on Friday, and a lot of guys did good. A lot of limits were caught early. So, you know, then uh, next week they're stocking. They have a special schedule next week, um, you know, for the holiday. Uh, but, again, they're bringing in trophies. They're bringing in the bigger the, the, the bigger double digits. So expect to see, you know, fish between 13 and 18 pounds next week going in. Um, you know, so it's it's going to be crazy over there well uh, let me let now, me stop you there let me stop you there okay uh-huh. uh since we're talking about trout you know i'm not an i'm not a trout aficionado okay i like the largemouth bass smallmouth bass but you know if i were to go and i'll open this up to steve carson too um if i was going to do some of the local lakes here around orange county okay or lake elsinore or wherever uh to go fish mm-hmm. uh versus the sierra am i going to be using anything uh, different? Uh, would you fish it different? Uh, if I'm in a river, in other words, what would what would be my setups? Yeah, so definitely. So if you're gonna head to the Sierras, remember it's after November 15th. So there are places that are closed, and there are places that change their regulations. So the ones that stayed open, because you know, two years ago when they had, they kind of redid a lot of the regulations. So a lot of these places stayed open. But some, you know, some are now catch and release. Some are barbless, you know, hooks only. Um, and, you know, it's, it, always make sure you check your rigs if you're heading up to the Sierras at this point until fish miss, uh, because a lot of things have changed uh, up there. But as far as down here, um, basically it, it's it's kind of the same kind of thing. I mean, I like when I wherever I, wherever I go places, I always start with the same, you know, I, I start with the mini jigs and, you know, base my fishing off the day that they stopped and all this stuff because let's just say if I'm going to fish Santa Ana River Lakes and it's going to be on a Friday, knowing they just stocked Thursday, all those fish are going to be in the closer range. They're going to be able to be reached, you know, from shore. So jigs are going to be effective. Um, you know, casting, you know, shallower than usual will be effective. Because remember, these fish... They're they're grown from from eggs to you know until they're stocked in in different you know pools and stuff at the hatchery in three to four feet or less. So you know they're not used to these deep water and all this stuff. So they're not going to go straight out to the twenty foot range and all that. So that's definitely something to focus on. Same with like these uh, the state stock lakes like Carbon Canyon, Car Park, Eisenhower. You know there's no reason to cast to the middle if you're going you know a day or two right after the stock. Mm-hmm. Now, if you base it on, let's say, let's say I show up to Santa Ana River Lakes on a Monday, knowing all that pressure, uh, all the uh, they had, you know, three days to swim around. Now my whole process changes. Yes, there will be some fish still shallow, but for the most part, those fish are acclimated. They're going to go to the deeper water, so that way, that now you're going to see the guys that are renting boats. They're going to be catching more. The guys on the float tubes are going to be catching more because these fish are now off, you know, the shallows into the deeper stuff, and and you know now they're now you got to go find them, um, and that's why you know you'll see guys oh there's we didn't catch anything all day today you know we're we're on the shore and then you get a guy on the float tube with a full stringer in a matter of a couple hours, okay. so 
on that process, if you would like to jig from short, I always go with a drop shot because you can throw like a one sixteenth or uh, like a one eighth size, um, uh, you know, drop shot weight cast way out there, you know, and then you're you know real slow fishing on the bottom, uh, or you're going to use the heavier jig instead of a one thirty two, switch to a one sixteenth, you know, that way you can cast farther, um, you know, and then of course if you're soaking bait, you know, increase your 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 slider sinker size. You know, in your Carolina ring, instead of using like a uh, um, like a uh, like a quarter ounce, I mean, you can even go all the way up to a half ounce. Okay, well, hold you on, know, hold I mean, on to that because half ounce. I know I can hear the music in the background. Means we have to take our first break, and when we come back, I want you to finish that thought, and I'm gonna have Steve Carson jump in with his recommendations on how he would fish them because I'd love to hear it. I may get a chance to go trout fishing this week, so we'll see it. Anyway, folks, this is Angels Radio, AM830 KLA. This is Anger Chronicles, and we'll be right back. Dana Point Harbor. Come check them out. Trips for anglers of all levels depart daily and kids fish free every Sunday. Enjoy clean vessels, full galleys, and friendly expert captains and crew. Everything you need for a great day of fishing for everyone, including a fleet of private charters. The Dana Wharf Kids Club is the coolest club of the sea, featuring free fishing trips, whale watching adventures, and more. Check them out on the web for daily deals, including the famous Half Price Tuesday. Dana Wharf Sport Fishing, number one angler's choice since 1971. That's Dana Wharf Sport Fishing and Whale Watching, located at 34675 Golden Lantern in Dana Point. You can contact them by phone at 949-496-5794 or on the web at danawharf.com. Daily adventures, lifelong memories, established 1971. Stay connected and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Lake Elsinore is the action sports capital of the world. Stocked regularly with bass, catfish, crappie, and more. Lake Elsinore is the largest natural freshwater lake in Southern California and the destination for fishing. Whether you're looking for an extreme outdoor experience or a relaxing morning sunrise, start your next adventure in Lake Elsinore and stay at the new fully renovated campground, Launch Point Recreation Destination and RV Park. Find us online to follow all the action. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angels Radio. AM Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Anger Chronicles on Angels Radio slash Raiders Radio. I can say that two wins in a row. Two wins in a row, Leilani. I love it. All right. Uh, um, again, <laughs> Raiders Radio, AMA 30K LAA. Hey, um, I just, before we go back to Steve there, um, I just want to say something. You know, uh, today was one year, not today, but this week uh, was one year that we lost uh, Cliff Friend. Um, his last name said it all. He was a friend. 
and more than a friend to me. I mean, I knew him from over almost 30 years. We shared laughter, conversations, and so much fishing. We, we, we fished all over together. He, would, he was a faithful, faithful follower of Ronnie Kovac and for Angler Chronicles as well. And uh, we lost Cliff and we lost, uh, I think, a brother. Okay, uh, a, a fishing fool for sure. And um, I, I love to see some of the posts I saw on Facebook this week uh, remembering him. And one of the funniest ones, and it one really rang true, was I think it came from Tony G. And he posted a photo of a car chase. And if you know, if you knew Cliff, you knew that he would, I mean, the instant a car chase would come on, he let you know on, on Facebook he was all over the car chases. And anyway, brought a lot of sweet memories and, um, you know, um, a tear to my eye too because he was a true brother. I called him my conciliary. So if you're Italian, you know what that means. I only have two. John Santangelo and Cliff Friend were my two. So, uh, Cliff... We miss you, buddy, um, and I know you're fishing up there in heaven, okay? So hang on tight. We're all coming to meet you soon, bro. All right, so hang on tight and uh, to his family, his wife. Um, he's still in our hearts, and I'm just going to say this. I remember you, Cliff, okay? Well, I don't want to make it a downer, okay? However, however, I do believe that this week everybody has a chance to come together with the family. So my recommendation is to do this. Teach your kids how to fish. And you know what's going to happen? They won't have enough money for drugs and alcohol. Isn't that true there, Steve Carson? Penn University? <laughs> Steve? Boy, that absolutely is true. Um, yeah, they won't have time or money for anything else. <laughs> and, they, and they won't miss it because fishing isn't just one thing. Um, maybe, may, maybe a good comparison would be uh, I often describe it as fishing is a different sport about every 150 miles. Um, you know, if you're talking about something like soccer, the five-year-olds are playing the same game as the Olympic team. Well, now, no, well, no, well, no, no, okay, because at, at, at that age, they're playing swarm ball. Big uh, difference. Well, I, I see that you never coached. I coached AYSO at all the levels that my son was at, and I'm telling you. Uh, swarm ball at the beginning. By the time they get to be at eleven or twelve, then it becomes soccer. Okay, just saying, just saying. But I, no, I know just, what you're saying. Just saying grow, growing up a California kid, uh -huh. it's all the same. It does. It's not a bit different at all. And uh, <laughs> and by the way, I I tried really, really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And the best I could come up with was a cartoon of messy fishing. I could not find that he ever actually went fishing on his own. I don't think he ever had so, time. So, th <laughs> so, that's a, so, that, so that's definitely a count against him. Oh. But what happens with fishing is every 150 miles, it's a different sport. The mm -hmm. seasons are different. Uh, even if the fish are the same, a lot of times the names are different. The way, the way they're pursued is different. The other interesting thing is whatever people do, wherever they live, whatever that kind of fishing is, to them that's regular fishing. And what everybody else does is weird. I know what so you mean. I, I've kind of noticed that phenomenon. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, and, and the case in point, you know, I'm glad you said that. We, we did a trip with Ben. We went up to Salmon Falls, Alaska, up in Ketchikan. 
And, um, you know, I, I, again, I fished Alaska before. I fished British Columbia. But it was a new resort, a new place. And, you know, the captains came out and they wanted to meet and greet. And um, my stuff was really close by. So, you know, trying to be cool about it. I had all my fishing syndicate rods, my accurate reels, and my tackle. And I said, hey, you want to check out and make sure I bring all the right stuff? And uh, he goes, uh, all right, let me see. And he looked at me like I was a Martian, okay? And he told me my stuff was too light, okay? And But not to worry that he had stuff on the boat. Now, you'll be happy to know that all his stuff was pen. My problem was he had 500s and 4 odds with him. And I thought to myself, have you seen the pen catalog lately? <laughs> okay. There's a lot of beautiful reels that are up to par. Okay. But technology had passed him by. Okay. He never upgraded. He never did anything. Most of his stuff was still mono. And so um, I don't even want to tell you when he saw a hookup bait. Okay. And he says, well, you're not going to catch anything with those. You might as well leave them in your room. Well, Ben and I just smiled at each other, and we went the next day, and I cast it out. Um, and actually, it was we were in about 150 feet of water on a spot that he wanted to try. He put out all they wanted to do was put down downriggers. That's it, okay. And that sit and wait thing doesn't work with me. And so Ben and I started casting, and I casted out one of like a six ounce hookup bait. Got to the bottom very quick, hooked up right away. First a rockfish, I think it was a quill back. Then I got a yellow eye. Then I got a what well, we a vermilion. Uh, and then he's in every fish. He goes, oh yeah, that's good, good for rockfish, uh, but you won't catch any lingcod on them. Guess what? I caught a lingcod. And he goes, oh, you won't catch a halibut. No, I caught a halibut. So you know what he said at the end of the trip? Where do I get those? <laughs> he hooked them up on the website, and he's been a recipient ever since. But you're right. Um, but just because the fishing is different up and down the coast, would you agree, Carson, that the, 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 the type of fish, you can fish them pretty much the same way? Well, I think what you'll find is uh, around the world, fish fit their environment. So if it's deep, if it's shallow, if the local bait is, you know, big or small, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, uh, there's an old thing, uh, form follows function. The fish are going to become what they need to be in their environment. And if they are surface feeding, if they're mid-level feeding, if they're bottom feeding, whatever it may be, if you can catch them anywhere in your home water and you get somewhere far, far away and there's some exotic species, um, but it fits that same spot in the environment, Chances are, what you do will still work. Okay, okay. Because I'm, I mean, you know, when I think rockfish, and that's a staple that we have here in Southern California, and it goes all the way up to British, I mean, British Columbia, I mean, Alaska. A dropper loop will work. Okay, um, and a reverse dropper loop I even like better for if you're looking for halibut or if you're looking for. Um, uh, Lincod. The only thing is, you know, a little more weight is probably going to be required as you go further up north. The, the 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 currents seem to be a little bit stronger, but but in essence, it's the same thing. You could use a lure. You could do your slow pitch jigging up there, right? 
holy moly, does the slow pitch jigging work on uh, cold water species? I, I, th- I think one of the biggest problems might be because the uh, the, the laws change quickly on salmon uh-huh. uh, in in BC and as well as Alaska. Not to mention, you know, California, Oregon, and Washington. Every one of them has got all kinds of uh, uh, restrictive rules on salmon. You start doing slow pitch jigging, you are going to catch a potload of all the various salmon species, and not to mention lingcod and every rockfish. And I think it was—I don't know—is it—is it? Is it um, I'm not sure what it's indicative of, but the first two uh, rockfish species that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Are, are not legal in California. Correct, correct. But they are, well, yellow eye, you can, I think you can have one a year up in Alaska. And you got to be careful because Alaska has now been divided in zones. So Ketchikan is different than, say, Sitka, okay? And so you just got to be aware. The nice thing is all your guides will. But I, I, I would pay money to see some of these old-time captains see you show up with your slow pitch jig you imagine when they see your your rod they're going to laugh and then you're going to show them and that's what i'm thinking the one thing i want to tell people is this if you're comfortable with something and it works chances are it'll probably work up there now my recommendation however when you get there see how they fish um the reason i say that because that's that's their area they know Okay, they know. It's like when you get on one of these party boats and you go on a day and a half and the captain comes out and says, hey, guys, use this, use that. Well, the reason he knows he's been fishing it, you know, every single day. So he knows what's working. Uh, So take what they tell you with a grain of salt, but don't be afraid to try your own techniques. A lot of times when, when you're comfortable with something... Uh, it'll, it makes it easier. It makes it easier to catch fish. I think that um, when you're con- Steve, when you're confident, it changes everything. Oh, PFA. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's 50% of any fishing day or any fishing trip. If, if, you, if you don't think it's going to work, it, it, there's a good chance it won't work. Right. Right. So anyway, it's just it's all that. All right. So uh, let me bring it back to the freshwater. I want to go ahead and close up the freshwater thing. We talked about uh, some of the techniques that uh, Andrew would use. Carson, what were some of the techniques that you would use? And and I'm going to separate here. I don't think we talked very heavily about Sierras. So let's talk about some of these Orange County, L.A. County, uh, San Bernardino County, all the the Southern California uh, lakes. Okay. If you had to go to some of these lakes that are stocked, uh, Lake Elsinore being a little bit different in the sense it's the only real lake in Southern California. Oh, there comes the music, but let's do this. When we come back, Steve, attack that, okay? How would you fish some of these lakes? Okay, all right, folks. You're listening to Angels Radio, AMA 30 KLA. This is Angler Chronicles, and I'm going to go ahead and dedicate this show to our dear friend, Cliff Friend, who's, I'm sure, looking down smiling and uh, wishing I was fishing. All right, I'll be right back. Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful Radio. AM 830.
Ron, these sunglasses are nice. Yes, Sergio. Inferno USA Eyewear, they are great. They were created eight years ago to provide a far superior product with an unbeatable lifetime warranty. You like the burns. Machine billet aluminum frames, extreme wrap style sunglasses, and goggles all in one. They have removable foam inserts, they're polarized, and have polarized transitional lenses available too. The burn style is hands down the greatest wind in your face glass ever made. No wind, dirt, or debris in your eyes at up to 100 miles per hour. Simply put, they're awesome. I prefer the fuel style frame. They are made from TR90 nylon material that keeps them extremely lightweight and very durable. You won't even realize that you're wearing them. Tons of color options and polarized lenses available. The fuels also keep wind out of your eyes at very high speeds. Inferno USA Eyewear, they're nice sunglasses. No gimmicks, just quality construction and protection for your eyes. Inferno USA, check them out and get yours at www.infernousa.com. That's www.infernousa.com. Hello, everybody. This is Captain Rick from the 85-foot luxurious sport fisher Ocean Odyssey. Departing from H&M Landing in San Diego, California, Ocean Odyssey is Angler Chronicles' number one choice in San Diego offshore fishing. Whether you are a beginner or a seasoned veteran, Ocean Odyssey is equipped with all your fishing needs. From five-star meals, state-of-the-art electronics, spray brine fish hold, and spacious accommodations. Make Ocean Odyssey the number one choice for your next offshore fishing adventure. To make your reservation today, log on to OceanOdysseyFishing.com or call Dina at 619-889-4535. Again, that's OceanOdysseyFishing.com or 619-889-4535. Ocean Odyssey is a proud sponsor of Angler Chronicles. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, it's Captain Dave Marciano here. I'm wicked excited to tell you about my new website, AngelicaSeafoods.com, where you can now order fresh local New England seafood shipped overnight right to your door. Go to AngelicaSeafoods.com. Your silver and black play here on AMA 30 KLAA. Welcome back, everybody. I was just uh, just smiling here with uh, Leilani. This is Raiders Radio, AM 830-KLAA. Leilani, we got two wins in a row. And the reason I'm so happy, we fired everybody. <laughs> we, we it was re- amazing last week. I actually went to the game. Oh, you went to the game. Oh, my. I wish I would have been with you there. I'll tell you what. I mean, that interception at the end by Spillane, oh, that just made I, I was a little worried. I'll be, I was actually on a boat. We were watching it on a boat, and um, we were on the El Dorado, and we had some signal light. It was coming and going, but, boy, I got to see the ending. The last two minutes were really um, – Really rough. But you know what? Remember what Al Davis said? Just win, baby. Just win. Nobody remembers the score. You just remember who won. And and that's uh, that's a big thing. I, I, if we get out of the season uh, 500, I'm happy. Almost definitely. Okay. We're, all, we're, we're there right now. I can't believe we're sitting in second place. Anyway, that's just a Raider talk between uh, Leilani and myself. But let me get back to uh, what we're doing here. This is Angler Chronicles, and we talk about fishing and um what I want to do is just uh, let's go ahead and finish up with uh, the freshwater. Okay, I think was it Steve? You were going to tell us a little bit about 
fishing local lakes? Well, um, for one thing, you got to remember that Elsinore does not stock trout, so that'd be a little bit different. Right. But um, on all the trout lakes, Andrew really hit on you know on the big things. Uh, I think he mentioned it once. He didn't emphasize. Are you sitting down, Sergio? Yeah. You got your headphones on? Got my headphones on. Used two-pound test line. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not a suggestion. It's a requirement. Okay. But, when you say two-pound test, do you say fluorocarbon or monofilament? It does not have to be fluorocarbon. It shouldn't be any of the fluorescent colors. It shouldn't be fluorescent green or fluorescent yellow or any of those. should be basically clear if you prefer, you know, like a like a, a neutral smoke color or a neutral green color, that's okay, but nothing bright. Uh, but clear is, clear is really fine. And um, like I say, Andrew went over a lot of the different techniques. I would add one thing, because he did talk about how the, uh, the planted trout for all their lives are in, are in some sort of a tank that's, you know, maybe three feet deep or four feet deep or whatever it may be. So for the first couple of days that they're in the lake, that's where they're going to stay because that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. If you can figure that out, what level the, the freshly stocked trout are holding at, let's just pretend and say it's four feet, okay, for argument's sake. You take that little mini jig, and, you know, yeah, every day is going to be a little bit different color, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be that. But use a small bobber at that level. So when you cast that mini jig out, um, the bobber basically suspends the little mini jig. Make sure you use a bobber big enough to keep it floating um, right in front of their face. So even if they're not really aggressive and not really chasing, if it's just sort of sitting there in their face, kind of maybe gently going up and down with the uh, with the chop on the surface, and if you maybe add uh, you know a good scent, et cetera, et cetera, you're gonna get bit a lot of times when other people are not um but yeah andrew andrew really hit on a big thing which was once they're dispersed a little bit fishing the drop shot from shore that's that's going to be key if you're fishing at elsinore in the winter then um i would probably be using a if you're fishing for catfish uh probably a carolina rig with uh, a piece of mackerel not too big etc etc and or again fishing drop shot, but this time maybe a little bit bigger and a little bit darker color uh, plastic for the largemouth bass. Um, so that's that's kind of the difference. Most of the most of the urban lakes. The, and I was really interested when Andrew mentioned that Alondra Park was going to start getting trout stocks again. Uh, I fished that. That it's not really a very big lake, but it's a pretty cool little lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, I fished that lake a lot uh, back in the day. So. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, and there's even a kids. I, I know today there's a kids event at El Dorado Park. There in, um, I think that's off of 605, right? El Dorado Park. It's in there. Right, it's right there. But anyway, the one thing I didn't ask uh, that I didn't hear from either one of you, and something that I like to do, I like to throw stuff. Okay, so Thomas Boyance, uh, Marishad's from owner. Um, I mean, I grew up at Irvine Lake, Steve. I mean, that's where I did most of my uh, trout fishing. Actually, yeah, yeah, except Argentina. But the trout in, in the U.S. was all pretty much 100% there. And I could take a pink or a golden red um, Marishad and cast out or even troll as a slow, pe- slow speed and just nail uh, one, uh, one fish after the other, okay? Um, Thomas Boyance, um, 
Think about when we went to um, Fin and Feather. Okay. Um, what do you guys say about that? Well, for one thing, you can cast quite a bit further with, uh, you know, the mini iron like that. And, um, and one other thing I would, would like to add uh, regarding urban trout. Uh, sometimes if you fish in the Sierras and streams, it can be a problem. But when you're fishing urban trout or any of the Sierra lakes, um, people, the rods are too short. Um, true that when, when, you know, when you have freshly stocked fish that are, that are swimming near the shoreline, you don't have to cast very far. But sometimes you do. And um, I would say minimum of a seven and a half foot rod, uh, eight foot's kind of more standard. And I have one one trout rod. I don't use it a whole lot, but when you need it, you need it. That's nine feet long. Wow! And if they're not heavy, they're they're very very light. Um, a nine foot uh, you know ultra light trout rod that's rated one to six or two to eight. Uh, even a, a modest sized trout is going to double it over, but you know what? That's the fun of it. That's that's why you go. Well, let me let me ask Andrew. Um, Andrew, the uh, rods that uh, we got from uh, Fishing Syndicate, the I think they're called the Featherlight. How how big are those? Uh, they're between a, a seven six is a two piece. That's the Green Monster, mm-hmm. and then the 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 one piece are the eight footers. Eight footer. That's uh, what I have. Quick, an eight footer. One thing that that Steve, you know, that Steve said um, definitely about trout fishing is that you know, especially when they stock, you know, if you, if you fish in that 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 three foot level, you know, as these trout are raised, um, you know, there, there's just there's one thing you know that that relates to sports as well is that if you catch fish in the three foot level, you you feel like you know like a winner, like a champion, but also Argentina is the world you know champions for the next three years. That's just right. That out there. That's just, although we lost to Uruguay this week, but it's okay. Today <laughs> Today we play Brazil. I hope it'll be a little different. But it's just qualifying matches, and Argentina, by being world champion, is already automatically qualified. So the uh, host countries and the, the reigning champion get to come back. So it doesn't matter. We'll be there. Anyway, keep going. And by the uh, way, they have yeah. very large trout in Argentina. Very large trout. <laughs> you can catch them with 80 pound test. I have. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're, you're right about, you know, the lures. I mean, you can throw, you know, Panther Martins, Thomas Boyens, you know, stuff like that. Um, one thing to always remember, though, when you're throwing it at, at, let's say, the bigger lakes, especially right now in early November, um, a lot of times all that, all that, uh, that vegetation, everything is kind of, is because the water's getting colder, it's starting to die off, it's starting to float. So every time you cast, or let's say you're trolling one of those lures, you know, make sure every few minutes at you you reel it in, you know, and make sure you check it that it doesn't have any vegetation on there, um, you know, different things like that. Because a lot of times, you know, this transition with these lakes, you know, you're starting to pick up a lot of that stuff, especially with the heavier lures. Uh, that are dragging, you know, that are dragging. Well, I mean, that that, that applies to salt water too. I mean, anytime you you cast out and you get something on your hook or on your lure, it doesn't swim right, doesn't look right, and you're just not going to get bit. Um, I like to, you know, coming into the harbors and stuff like that. You've seen me. I like to throw in a a crankbait out there, okay, and mm-hmm. we troll it in just really slow. You'll nail spotties and. Sand bass, calico bass, and but you'll get some of that eelgrass. The minute you get some of that eelgrass, it's done. 
Okay, now you can tell the way it vibrates if it's got something on. But absolutely, make sure it's nice and clean. Okay, very nice and clean. All right, so that, I agree with you on that, and I'm glad because I like to throw stuff. I get bored just uh, sitting and wait. So unless there's a huge picnic going on, you know, or the Raiders are on TV that I can watch them at the same time, I'm going to want to have some action. Okay, and that's why I like Lake Elsinore. Lake Elsinore, you can do the sit and wait on the catfish, but or you can be very active. Okay, um, in the afternoons, I'll give you this little bit of a hint. In the afternoons at Lake Elsinore, as soon as the wind picks up, just a little bit, a little ripple on the water, uh, the bass get very active. And crankbaits are amazing. You just walk along the shore, throw your crankbaits out, and, uh, and you, chances are you're going to get bit, all right, especially during their true season. Same thing with uh, wipers. Do wipers like to bite jigs? Anybody? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I mean, wipers, they're so universal on different things you can catch, catch them with. I mean, you can go, you know, you're throwing jigs, shiny, anything shiny, anything looks like a bait fish. I mean, all the way to soaking the Mac bites or even cut hot dogs, you know, dip in the Cajun. Anglers are catching them in every, basically every style or every bait that they're using, which makes the wipers so fun to catch. You know, but what's cool about Lake Elsinore is, is, if you want to show, if you had to pick one thing to use and fish the entire lake with and catch pretty much every species in there, show up with mac bites. Mac bites, and we've seen it for years. I've at, caught at bass. I've caught bass on. Net. I've caught yeah. bass on that bass? stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like bass, wipers, uh, carp, and catfish, all on the same bait. Okay, here's another another question for either one of you. Scents. I know a lot of lakes you can't use scents. Hooks, barbed hooks versus barbless hooks. What should I look for? What, what should I look out for? Carson, you want to take that one? Well, yeah. Scent is almost always uh, very, very helpful. Um, not necessarily that you're that, that they are you're giving the fish a flavor that they like. Although sometimes you are. Mainly, what you're doing is you're covering up the human scent. And you don't take this personally, Sergio, but from a fish's point of view, you stink. <laughs> I agree yeah. with you. That's why I always say when you get to on a get on a party boat, go to the bait tank, grab a sardine or an anchovy, crush it in your hands, use it as soap, and then and then pick your bait. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So and, um, now, and some lures, a, a lot of plastics, not necessarily a lot of hard baits, but a lot of plastics like uh, like uh, uh, power baits and especially gulp baits have got a pretty strong scent to them. Um, so you don't necessarily have to add anything extra, but you, you touched on it briefly. And I'm not sure there's a lot of lakes, but there are a fair number of streams where you are not allowed to use any kind of uh, scented bait, whether it's pre-scented or whether you, you spray some or, or dip some on there, um, that are, are primarily wild trout areas mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe you're not even allowed to keep anything. You have to throw everything back. So you are not allowed to use scented baits because the fish will tend to literally swallow them. Um, in an area where you're, where you're fishing and you're going to keep them, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But, but, yes, definitely be aware of your local regulations because uh, the, the warden will literally, uh, you know, um, take, g- grab your line and sniff your lure. And if it's scented, you're busted. 
All right. So um, I, I took everything you go, both have said in the last 45 minutes, and I'm making some notes. So I'll definitely have that in my bag when I go fishing. I'm actually going to go up north. I'm going up to Sacramento. I'm going to go see my folks for the Thanksgiving um, uh, holiday here. And my brother-in-law says we're going to fish the Sacramento River. Hopefully get some salmon. I don't know if it's time or not for him, but we're going to go try. And then uh, Folsom Lake is there. We'll see what that looks like these days. So I don't know. I'm going to go check it out. Okay. Bus, there's a couple of golf courses that, that I went there at night. It'd probably be okay. Ninja style. All right. Everybody, hang on tight when we come back. Get your bail, get your bail money ready. That's it. That's it. Well, you know, my parents live in a in an area that uh, has private golf courses in it, so I may get away with it. All right. Anyway, just hang on tight, everybody. This is uh, Raiders Radio, AM 830 KLA. This is Angler Chronicles, and we'll be right back. Cause I took this walk, you're walking now, boy, I've been in your shoes Well, you can't hold back the hands of time, it's just something you've got to do So dry your eyes, I understand just what you're going through Cause I took this same walk with my own Silver and Black play here on AMA 30 KLAA. Hi, everybody. This is Danny Jackson, producer of award-winning Angler Chronicles Television. The very best in sport fishing action is Angler Chronicles TV, seen weekly on Valley Sports West. Each week, Sergio and crew take you on an action-packed fishing expedition from Baja to Alaska and throughout the Southland. Angler Chronicles Television airs five times weekly starting at 8.30 Sunday mornings on Valley Sports West. Visit anglerchronicles.com for details. The original hookup baits are the most versatile and effective artificial baits to hit the water. With sizes from 132 to 4 ounces in 12 fish catching colors, this pattern design uses only the highest quality of materials, owner hooks, and are proud to be built in the USA. The original hookup baits have made it easier to match the hatch when chasing that fish of a lifetime. Go to hookupbaits.com or participating tackle shops to get yours today. Remember, don't blink on the sink and practice catch, photograph, and release. Attention anglers, Angler Chronicles chooses Fishing Syndicate. Custom quality rods, the manufacturers of the latest in fishing rods. The perfect combination and blends of high-end graphite and glass fibers that make the lightest, most sensitive, and powerful rods available on the market. See what the buzz is all about and get syndicated. Fishing Syndicate, the rod choice of the Angler Chronicle crew and other industry experts and leaders. Check them out at fishingsyndicate.com and see why they're the chosen rod of the AC crew. Light, sensitive, powerful, FS style. Fishing Syndicate, a proud sponsor of Angler Chronicles. Raiders football lives here on AMA 30 KLAA. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Angler Chronicles on Raiders Angels Radio, AMA 30 KLAA. Yes, folks, a real radio. But let me just say this. If you have an opportunity or if you're listening through your laptop, which most of us do, I, I don't know that I own just a, an AM radio. I know I have got one in a kit for earthquake or emergencies, but other than that, I don't. So you listen through the radio, through through your laptop, 
And while you're there, get on Facebook, go to Friends of Angler Chronicles, some great stuff going on right now. Steve, whatever the subject is, we'll post something. In fact, I want to thank you for putting Messi holding up the World Cup. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to bring your attention to something that Danny posted. He's listening in. The sheriff will be calling in at 6 a.m. And he showed me a, shows a map in the different zones. Okay, make sure you know your regulations. Just like I just found out during the break that I will not be fishing for uh, salmon in Sacramento. Right, Steve? We we don't cover Northern California's issues too much here, other than occasionally uh, you know water level type stuff. But salmon season in California, ocean and river, yeah, has been one hundred percent closed this year. Um, you know, there's a few lakes, landlocked lakes, that plant uh, kokanee salmon, or uh, someplace like Lake Lake Oroville, which is not too far from where you'll be, mm-hmm. where they have landlocked salmon, where you are allowed to fish. But in any river or in the ocean, no salmon fishing for you. Uh, don't even think about it. All right, so I'm I'm left with uh, largemouth bass fishing in the golf courses, ninja style at night. Pumpkin color <laughs> no i'm not gonna do that folks allegedly Alle- yeah you guys yeah. went both sides. we'll be reading we'll be reading about you in the papers yeah 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 see but, but you know at least i got it would be for the love of fishing you know what i'm saying but anyway folks again go to friends of angler chronicles on facebook check it out it's a great group um, and uh, a lot of information. In fact, I want to send a big shout-out to uh, our friend Sal, who's listening from Phoenix, Arizona, and to Paul, and let's see, there's um, Tom, and I mean, it just keeps going on and on. What I love is uh, Steve posted about the Winterfest in Lake Elsinore. Uh, the information for that one is December 2nd, so that's Saturday, so no reason nobody can make it there. Okay, from 3 to 8 p.m., there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. The parade actually starts at 5.30. Okay, it goes right through downtown Main Street. So get there early, you can find that great spot. I've seen thousands of people show up, and there's some great restaurants, great going on. We hang out. Uh, you think you can make it there, uh, Andrew, this year? Uh, on December 2nd? Yes. Cancel whatever you I got. I will act. I will actually be fishing at Kachuma Lake. I guess you're not. No, you won't. You're going to be at the parade. Okay. And <laughs> if you if you want to go fishing, that's fine. Send me Erica, and we'll we'll hook her up with somebody in Lake Elsinore. How's that? There you go. All right. I'll call her up and tell you know what, Uncle Serge will take you fishing if you come out um, on the parade. Okay, so the parade is a big deal, um, and I will definitely be there with Rhonda. I'm sure Ron will be there. I'm going to see if we can get uh, Tony, who actually lives there. I'm sure Tony will be there. So uh, Mia will definitely be there, okay, and uh, we'll have a good time. It's just, it's just, I love that city. I love that city. In fact, I think I'm going to just stay there the night. There's a couple of nice restaurants, I mean, nice hotels. Um, if I mean the Lake Elsinore Hotel and Casino, the that that's the one that I love to stay at. But if not, think of other places as well. So I highly recommend. Okay, Lake Elsinore is the place to be. Okay, so all right. Well, you guys saw a lot of the the things that I wanted to do, and they shot me down on the on the on the uh, salmon. That's okay. I fished salmon in British Columbia this year. I'm okay with that. But 
make sure I, I'll uh, fish some of the other species up there. I don't know what's up there, but I'm going to go check it out. All right, let's make a little transition here. Um, last week, I uh, left on Sunday night. We had a day and a half on the El Dorado. Uh, there's still a lot of fish out there, Steve, a lot of tuna. Uh, we caught 20-some-odd um, bluefin, uh, all very catchable. Okay, we were catching them during the day, during the night. But the key is this. You have to have a small hook. Okay, what was working? I'll, I'll, you fish it any way you want. I'm just going to tell you what works. Okay, what worked for me. Okay, the heaviest line that I fished that got bit was 25-pound test with a number four ringed fly liner. Okay, uh, yes, I would recommend for some of you, a number four Mutu, okay, that is a circle hook, but also with no more than 25-pound test. I know that they say, well, you know, it's light line. Look, guys, and I, and I say this all the time, you're not going to lose a fish, all right, if you don't get bit first. And, Steve, you and I go through that with everybody. you got to get bit first, okay? Now, I went as far <laughs> light as 15-pound test. It got bit immediate. The bait that's been in the hand wells lately for me has all been small. I would say no more than, what, four inches, five inches on a sardine. I mean, that's they are small. They're hard to uh, the cast. Light line allows you to do it. For a lot of you, you didn't get an opportunity to fish the albacore. But the albacore... Carson, remember pinheads, having to put two or three on a hook, okay, and then try to get it out there to get bit? Uh, yeah, pinhead anchovies, you haven't lived if you haven't had to, had to try to cast a pinhead anchovy on what was back then quite often a, uh, a reel that was much, much too heavy to try to do it with. Um, we're, we're, we're blessed these days that the albacore ever do come back, and the pinhead anchovies come back with them, uh, you can use a very, very small, very light conventional reel compared to back in the day. And also compared to back in the day, uh, hopefully in, in our lifetime, Sergio, we get to find this out, and the albacore will come back, but the bluefin tuna can't leave. That's right. I'm not asking for the bluefin tuna to leave. I'm asking for albacore to be in addition to the bluefin. Um <laughs> But the, the thing that was not very good back in the day, but are really, really good now, are spinning reels. Um, these are not your grandpa's spinning reels. Um, there's a, a, some of them are pretty expensive, but um, the, the nice thing is, is with a spinning reel, everybody is magically an expert caster. Well, you know, tell me, I'll tell you something. I mean, I was using that 15-pound test on my bass rod. Okay, but you know what? On the pen fathom, okay. You, the pen fathom you recommended, the the low profile, it was just simply amazing. Okay, uh, I've got. I actually went down. Okay, so this is what I what I've done, and I I, I tried it, and it worked pretty good. I went down in um, braided line size to thirty. Okay, on the on my accurate three hundreds and on the pen fathom. 
and, I, and that's going to be the, the same for all my bid cash. I'm going back down to 30. The reason is I get a lot more line in. In fact, I got 350 yards on the 300. Okay, that, that, that that's a lot. Okay, so, um, oh, I can hear the phone. Danny's coming in. All right, so I did that, and you get bid, and... I'm going to tell you, and everybody just hang on tight because something's coming next year. There's a brand new e-glass rod coming. I've been very fortunate to try from Fishing Syndicate. Carson, it's a whip, okay? And at the same time, when you get bit, it reminds me of the days of old where we, all we had was 100% glass. You guys are going to understand that you need a whippy tip to cast a very small bait. Uh, it's very difficult to do. And all you need is 10, 15 feet, really, 20 feet, just just enough so that the boat does the rest because you're probably drifting, so the boat will do the rest. But you've got to get it out there, and it requires light line, light, uh, small hooks, everything to get bit. And that was the story on the El Dorado. A lot of people hung on there with 30- and 40-pound test. And you know what? They goes, well, you know, I don't. I want to make sure I don't lose it. Well, you know what they did? They said they stood at the rail the entire trip, never got bit. At least, you know, people get bit, they fight it for a little bit, and if the line breaks, so what? It's just a fish. But at the end of the day, you're not going to lose a fish until what, Steve? You get bit, right? Exactly, and uh, it kind of goes back to something we were talking about in the earlier segment. Uh use, when we're talking about trout, not, not bluefin tuna, but when you're talking about trout, using two-pound test line. People are terrified of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, what happens if, I, if my line breaks? Well, actually, if you tied your knot properly and the line is fresh and you checked your guides and your drag is set right, it won't break unless somehow you hook a fish that's so big it takes all the line off your reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing, and this happens both with trout and with tuna. People get a you know a good sized fish, and he's running against the drag, and maybe the drag is even set properly, um, and maybe the fish takes out forty, fifty yards of line, and your reel. In the case of trout, might hold one hundred and fifty yards of line. In the case of tuna, your reel might hold four hundred yards of line. But the fish takes out 50, 50 yards, and people panic. Oh, no, I can't let them do that. And they crank down the drag, or they thumb the spool, or they do some other thing like that, and boom, the line breaks. Yeah. Well, hold on you to know? that thought, because i got to go to a break. Uh, but you're absolutely right. You, you can't get bit on, you're not going to lose a fish until you get bit. All right, everybody, hang on tight. You're listening to Angels slash Raiders Radio, AMA 30K LIA. This is Angler Chronicles. When we come back, we're going to add Danny Jackson, the sheriff, to the conversation, and we'll, we'll go from there, all right? We've got a lot of new stuff going on on Bally Sports West. We'll be right back. Welcome back to hour number two with more fishing, more hunting, and more adventures on Angler Chronicles. Welcome back, everybody. You're on Angels Raiders Radio, AM 830 KLAA. This is Anchor Chronicles. And like I said, if you've been asleep for the last 10 years, you don't know what's going on. But when you hear this song, it means that the jig slinger, the sheriff, the, I mean, the man behind the plan, 
Uh, this was basically his idea. So here we are 10 years later with the sheriff, the CEO of Filmdom, who always makes sure you guys have something really cool to watch on Sunday mornings and throughout the week. Mr. Danny Jackson, good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Sergio, and, and also to my good friend Steve Carson, Andrew Mack. You know, Sergio, you mentioned 10 years. You know, that next April, you know, it, it will be 10 years of Anger Chronicles Radio and Television. So um, let's just call it this. Let's call it our first 10 years, Sergio. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds good okay. to me. Sounds good to me. It's just our first, yeah, our first 10 years. You know, you mentioned uh, the different fishing zones in Alaska, and I, I did that Internet search and posted that one uh, image. There, there are a lot of them. It, it's, um, of course, there are in California too, but I, I don't think near, it doesn't compare to Alaska. But you know, I, li- I lived in Kodiak for a year. Of course, that was a long time ago. But uh, looking at the different zones, Kodiak kind of fits into the illusions there, really. But le- but here's the thing, you know, for our friends that are going fishing, say next year in in uh, in Alaska. Wherever you go, you're probably going to be staying at a lodge, probably. Not everyone does. But let's say if you were going to Salmon Falls, which is Ketchikan, or southeast Alaska, they're going to know, every, any lodge you stay, they're going to know the local rules. And so you don't, it's not like you've got to get out the, the fish and game book and, and study it, because they're going to know all that. So... It was interesting. You know, but you know what? You know, you know what comes into play, though. However, um, uh, you know, most days. I mean, right now, everybody's what I call internet uh, angler. Okay, and if oh, yeah. if you want to make sure you're catching what you want to catch, you want to target, you better make sure you know where where you can catch them and that's that's the weird thing and uh they have these slot limits and you can catch this and you can't catch that and it's really confusing to be honest with you so yeah before yeah. you go check out your zones if you want to concentrate on halibut go go where the halibut are go where the or where you can catch them they're they're everywhere but it's where you can keep them where you can catch them they got slot limits and yeah. and quality yeah. limits and link kind limits and it, that's why I think it's important. I, when I got to Salmon Falls, I thought it was all the same, and they they were letting us know that no, depending on the zone, is it, it's where um, is what you can keep. So very important. Make sure you check the regulations. I love the way you put the map. Everything is divided there carefully, and just like look, I was going to go up. I'm going to Sacramento next week, and I was thinking I was going to catch some salmon. And, um, you know, there's Steve telling me, nope, Sergio, you can't catch salmon in California. <laughs> yeah. So so, so yeah. I guess I'm stuck doing the um, old school, allegedly, and your honor, I have no recollection of ninja fishing at golf courses. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> All right. But anyway. Oh, I, I remember the golf courses. But you know what? One other thing I want to get, I want to get immediately to our brand new show tomorrow. But you mentioned... Uh, bait and weight as opposed and compared to uh, casting something, staying active. Sergio, you know me. I'm like you. I'm a chuck and wine guy, mm-hmm. okay? I, it, it's very hard for me to sit on the bank and watch a couple of rods, and I watch these guys doing it down here in Miles Square Park. And I I, I don't know. I, I would rather be just uh, casting something, retrieving it, and uh, 
That's, well, that's let me just tell you, how many effort. days did we spend on a pontoon on Irvine Lake trolling Marishads? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Very productive. Very productive, Very productive and a lot of fun and a lot of afternoons having, again, a lot of fun. So, yep. Yeah, you bet. Well, let's get into our brand new, and you know, when I get very, very excited when I get to send a brand new episode to Bally, which I just did, and it's going to air tomorrow, premiere, I should say, 8.30 tomorrow morning. But I, want to, I want to say my little piece about it, Sergio, and I want to, I want to hear your comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, it's aboard the Black Pearl. Black Pearl is out of Virgin's Landing in Morro Bay. You know, I know you hadn't been up there in a while, and I haven't either, but I used to go up there. And uh, I've been albacore fishing on Morro Bay, and I I know that uh, you guys were fishing in an area called Big Sur and Cape, more in particular Cape San Martin. I, I checked it out on our Navionics, and it's about about I don't want to get an email correcting me, but I'll say about 50 miles north of Morro Bay. And the, the fishing you guys had was just you know off the meter. It it pegged the it pegged the needle. Uh, big halibut, uh, lean cod, vermilion rockfish, of course, big ones, big chilies, all the good tasting bottom grabbers you can even imagine. You guys load it up. And also the Black Pearl, if you checked out their website, big into whale watching. You know, I, I had no idea that Morro Bay was that big into whale watching, but they are. And in this episode tomorrow, you're going to see a couple of whales i couldn't tell you what kind they are because i'm not, i'm not really into it. i love to watch the whales but john has some drone footage of some whales it's unbelievable but anyway the black pearl 65 footer 16 uh the galley seat 16 i just took this off the website mm-hmm. uh 25 bunks and uh it, it's just an impressive boat but uh talk about your show there it was just a pleasure to put it the finishing touches on it this last week and closed captioning and it, it's really an impressive episode, Sir Jill. Yeah, I know it was. Um, you know, I hadn't been up to Morro Bay in I don't know thirty years. I mean, it's been a long time, and went up there and I just assumed I'm just going to rock fishing, no big deal. Uh, let me tell you something. Um, I just and I just I like to watch everybody dropped it instantly the minute they got to the bottom boom we weren't in extremely deep water either and just boom 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 and I said okay this is too easy so I grabbed the ugliest thing I had in my bag <laughs> okay and it was a jig single hook uh, I I never made it to the bottom this is a 12 ounce jig never hit the bottom it would get stopped it reminded me of uh carson of fishing bluefin at night you know you drop your knife jig and it just stops it was the same thing and i'm talking not only boccaccio those are the other more more common ones you'll catch on a jig like that but you know i got vermilion okay um and i caught the absolute biggest i mean biggest um octopus i had ever seen and it was red it was really cool looking uh, a red one and um, i was bringing it up and it was it felt like i was almost on a rock and the deckhand comes over he goes oh let me see that and danny he was using your you see how i said this your electric reel <laughs> with my <Yeah>. batteries <laughs> so it was he was using that and uh, he was testing him and it came up i just thought it was a big fish 
And there it is, this huge, huge um, octopus. Kind of cool. Obviously, it was released, folks. But um, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was limits of fish, uh, limits of everything. Uh, we had, uh, in fact, we had two halibut. I would say upper twenties, mid thirties. What would you call those, uh, Jackson? We didn't weigh oh, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, easily, easily. Yeah, a couple of those big yeah. halibut as well, and it was just simply a pleasure. The, the one thing that really stood out for for me on the Black Pearl was the food. Okay, um, this is not your regular hamburger joint <laughs> on a boat. Okay, I mean she had pulled pork and baked beans. We had clam chowder from the restaurant right next door. In fact, uh, I believe the owner says a few words for you. Um, this is a yeah. great destination. For me, it's a four-hour drive. Okay, so this is something that I would grab Rhonda, our rods and reels and tackle, head up there, grab a hotel room. In fact, if you say that you're staying, that you're going on the Black Pearl, right there, right there is the um, Best Western. It's a, uh, what, tra- what is it? Tra- tra- trade Winds? Is that what it's called? Trade winds. Uh-huh. Trade winds. Okay. Yeah. And you tell them you're on the, you're going on the Black Pearl. They give you a huge discount. Okay. So yeah. you get something knocked yeah. off. And I know that uh, I think Terry, our friend Terry Flynn and Patty, they went up together and they they were on the boat. And I'll tell you what, the, the the hotel is very clean, very comfortable, right where you need to be. Uh, hop, skip, and a jump from the dock there. And you know what? It, it makes for a great weekend. I think I'm going to make that into a, a long weekend opportunity and go out there. The Black Pearl has to be by far the most spacious, uh, uh, most comfortable, most attentive show, uh, boat that you're going to uh, go out of entire Morro Bay. And I, I want to say guaranteed fishing. Okay. I would like to see what it's like going over 600 feet. Okay, that's going to be interesting. Okay, and this is where, folks, you're going to see me use almost exclusively the electric reel. Okay, and I know. Yeah, 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 it it makes sense. You know, I've heard a lot of criticism lately. Oh, that's not real fishing. You're cheating. Um, Go to 600 feet four or five times. Okay, and come on up. Two hooks. With two hooks. With two yeah, hooks. Right. Yeah, with 30 <laughs> hooks with something, but with two hooks, yeah. So you know what? Yeah. We talk about technology. Guys, accept technology. It's good for oh, you. you bet. Okay, look what, you bet. Bra- look what braided lines allowed us to go. Smaller reels, lighter everything. It, it doesn't weigh. Car- uh, Carson, what does a four-odd with an AccuPlate weigh? Do you know off the top of your hand? Uh, not without looking it up. Look with at, an AccuPlate? Uh-huh. You mean you mean the thing they haven't made in 35 years, that thing? I'm talking about an, what, what we used to call a Yellowtail Special. Remember that? Narrow it down? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, now we're moving to 45 years. But um, Okay, hold on to that thought because we got to go to break. But when we come back, and Jackson, we'll, we'll talk a little more. Hang on with me through this sure, break. okay. All right, yeah. folks, this is uh, Raiders Radio, AM830, KLAA, Angler Chronicles. And Cliff, we love you, buddy. I know you're looking up from the sky. We'll be right back. I could sing these songs As I often do But every song must end And you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again 
Hills Radio, AM 830. Looking for the ultimate outdoor recreational experience? Look no further than the city where we dream extreme. Lake Elsinore, home of the new Launch Point Recreation Destination and RV Park. Experience next level camping with the best amenities available. Full hookup sites, vintage trailers, themed yurts, a swimming pool, splash pad, outdoor dining, and a spacious community hall. Adventure starts here. Reserve your spot. For more information, follow Launch Point on Facebook and Instagram. Relax, play, stay at launch-point.com. Freedom Boat Club, Huntington Harbor, San Pedro, Redondo Beach, Marina Del Rey. Live a hassle-free boating experience, enjoying the very best sport fishing in all of Southern California. Center consoles, pilot houses, bow riders, duffies, and much more. Freedom Boat Club, from Ventura to San Diego, plus more than 350 locations worldwide. Call 657-845-2930. That's 657-845-2930. Or cruise to freedomboatclub.com for details. Hi, I'm Captain Dave Marciano, and how would you like the freshest local New England seafood shipped to you overnight? No running around from store to store to find what you like. We have it here at AngelicaSeafoods.com. Everything from tuna, haddock, cod, clams, lobsters, scallops, we have it all. The finest seafood overnight to your door anywhere in the continental U.S. AngelicaSeafoods.com. Angels Radio AM 830 Welcome back everybody You're on Radio, Raiders Radio AM 830 KLAA And this is Angry Chronicles And then we went to break We were talking to Danny Jackson About this brand new episode We we have coming up on the Black Pearl Danny, uh, it really brings out a, a lot of memories of what fishing used to be like Okay, uh, you'll yeah. see these fish um, m- Most of the time I think we were right around 200 feet A little bit over, a little bit under But the quality of the fish And there's areas that the Black Pearl And only the Black Pearl uh, gets to fish, okay? Because there isn't any other party boats up there. I mean, if you have a private boat, I guess that you, you'd go out there. But if not, no. So I mean, the grounds are just absolutely teeming with fish. We were making some live squid at night. That made a big difference. But even with a with a sardine or a cut squid, or it was fine. And a jig is the way to go. And a, an electric reel, even better. So um, I. I, I, I Carson, is there electric reels at Penn? Uh, yeah, but they're big. Okay, they're big, yeah. They're, they're, they're bigger than the category that you're talking about. Okay, so I would recommend, uh, Danny did all the homework. You, you, you went with a Daiwa Tenacon 500. Okay, that retails around 500, 600 uh, bucks. Uh, uh, some batteries, a pair of batteries will cost you about another 120, 130. You can get a four hours, eight hours. I have them all and comes with the. Uh, the biggest thing is where you're going to stick the battery. The battery you can put directly to the reel. That's okay, but it makes the reel kind of heavy. 
Okay, so I it comes with a cable, and I just use one of those Velcro ties, and I either attach it to the butt or to the um, or, or forward into the handle, and uh, it all depends. You know, uh, if you're going to put your rod away uh, on the side of the boat, you know where you put your, your rod rock there, no problem. If you have a box like oh, I have an SKB box that has the round metal rod holders well then i put it on the top so that i can put my rod there so it all depends what you're comfortable with okay it makes the rod a little bit butt heavy if you put it in the back a little more even if you pull it forward with that short cable but highly recommended it. it's the wave of the future um we're talking rock fishing okay now um sergio yeah if, if i may interject this regarding the um tanacom um, for those purists, okay, that's got to grind, um, you know, you press one button on the Tanacom, and all of a sudden, guess what? It's about a four or 500 size uh, reel. It's a bait caster, you know, and it, it works just fine. If you want to grind for a while, you grind. You can grind all the way up if you want to. But then when, when you want to, you press a button, and, it, and it'll bring it up for you. And uh, I'm sold on it. Of course, I'm... I'm uh, getting up in the years, but e I think even if I was a lot younger, I know I would still be wanting to use an electric reel for that five or six hundred uh, foot of fishing. You know, it just it, it to me it just makes a lot of sense. And uh, let's see, I was going to say one more thing about Morro Bay. You know, Kathy and I have vacationed up there a couple of times. Morro Bay is this quaint little town. Uh, with, of course, the famous Morro Rock right out in front. Uh, it, it, it's just a beautiful place. Uh, lots of good seafood restaurants if you're into seafood and every, every other kind of restaurant. But it's just a nice place to vacation. This Black Pearl episode, Sergio, I'm, I'm so happy with it. You know, John, the, the dronage, he's got a, a drone shot coming right over Morro Rock and then looking down at the bay in the town that I don't, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, so I'm sure uh, everyone in Morro Bay to, uh, is going to love this episode, and everybody that, that watches is going to love it and learn something more about Morro Bay, the Black Pearl, Cape San Martin. Um, yeah, you had your big octopus. That's in the episode. Biggest one I've ever seen, too, Sergio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. But anyway... Before I forget, um, well, first of all, staying on the Black Pearl, 8.30 tomorrow morning, Valley Sports West. Again tomorrow morning, 10.30 on SoCal HD. So it'll air t uh, twice tomorrow morning and then five times during the week totally. But I do want to mention, you know, it's still November, the Freedom Boat Club, okay? All the month, of, they, they have what they call the Black November, the local franchise here in Huntington Harbor, which includes, of course, San Pedro, Marina del Rey, and Redondo Beach, 50% off. Now, that ad, their ad, is in the episode tomorrow, their 30-second ad, which will give you the phone number and contact information. I just wanted to remind people, you can save thousands of dollars right now at Freedom Boat Club. So anyway, with that, Sergio, Steve, and Andrew, Sergio, I'll see you, I hope, at 730 Miles Square Golf Course Coffee Shop in Fountain Valley, Warner and Ward. So we'll look forward to that, Sergio, my good friend. Oh, yeah, we'll be there for, uh, for breakfast. In fact, anybody that would like to join us, Mile Square Park in Fountain Valley, 
Uh, we'll be at the Golf Course Cafe. All right, so just go up to the Golf Course yeah. and come join us. We usually get about uh, 10, 15 people uh, there. And it's, it's really nice. So even if it's raining, we're indoors. It'll be nice and you'll be warm. Danny Jackson, I will see you in about an hour. How's that? <laughs> That sounds good, Sergio. All right, Steve, my you have a good weekend too, there, buddy. All right, you too. Thank you, guys. Okay. Excellent. Bye-bye. Well, I'm looking here, and Steve Carson, you put a picture of the of the rock. I like that. I like that. Okay, so it, it, it it's truly an amazing sight. It if you've never seen it, it I mean, it's worth the drive up the coast just to see the rock. Right. And uh, you know, and the fishing, as you mentioned, is great. It sure is. I'm actually going to put a picture of the rock behind me. How's that? Okay, that one's for you, Steve. I'm, I'm answering your post with a picture of that because it really got my attention. And uh, you're going to see this rock like you've never seen it before from the air. Uh, we flew the drone over it. It really was a cool, cool thing. So we got that coming up. In fact, uh, I was talking about some of the... Uh, we're talking about rockfish, right? So Carson, I think it'd be a perfect place for you to interject here, the slow pitch jig. Okay, Technique, I know you posted a whole bunch of stuff on uh, social media. Again, go to Friends of Anger Chronicles. They'll hook you up there, and you can see Steve. This is light gear, isn't it? It's very light gear, and uh, funny, the theme that we started on all the way at the beginning of the show with Andrew talking about trout and two-pound test line, and and you talking about bluefin tuna with 15-pound test line, people are afraid. They remember, you know, either either they did or their dad or their grandpa told them about the old, the, the bad old days of rock cod fishing, where you did have twenty or even thirty hooks and a five pound sash weight and a and a big old giant ten nine o center with a big bicycle handle on it. Um, but, although they they finally have now legalized the deep water again, they did not change the hook regulations. Mm-hmm. You can still only have two. two hooks. But the trick to the whole thing, the magic trick to all this, is light braid. And again, people remember 80-pound test Dacron as being the norm, and a lot of people you know, that have their tuna gear that they use in the summer, it has 50 or even 65-pound braid on it. Um, you know, People don't necessarily want to change. They want to try to use that. But the trick to the slow pitch jigging is light braid. Um, you'll see that one picture of me with the uh, uh, somebody else was using a ba- a battery powered electric reel right behind me. You can well, you know, it, hold on, cause I, I wanted. To, I believe I have that fathom that you have in your hand, don't you? Actually, that is the size smaller than you have. That's well, I have two. I have two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have, you have a 400 and a 300. Uh, uh, I don't believe you have a 200. Okay, so... I'm not, I'm not positive. That's pretty small. That's okay. pretty small, but the trick is 15-pound test braid, which is about the diameter of a human hair. It's, it's virtually not there. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you know, and this is the, the situation with all modern lines, um, the, the whatever, unless it says IGFA class right on the label of the spool of the line, Almost every brand of line over-tests quite a bit from whatever the label says. Uh, in the case of the small braids, they over-test by 30 40%. So literally, the 15-pound test braid breaks at almost 30. Um, but the trick is that small diameter. And even if you look 
further up on the other picture where, where I, I've got a nice vermilion that I caught at 600 feet, that reel, uh, you can't tell from the picture, that reel has 20-pound test braid on it, hmm. um, which, again, is just so microscopically thin. So what it allows, it allows a jig of reasonable size. Um, I think that jig in the picture is around, is around 8 ounces. It allows that jig to just sink like a rocket. So you can use that very, very, very light gear. Okay, so, and then I, the other thing I'm noticing here is that uh, you're obviously, your jigs, you're, you're altering your jigs. you got these knife jigs here, and are you putting like a long shank um, hook to add the gulp? What are you using? Yes, well, and, and, and as we always say, check your local regulations carefully, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I actually currently don't know what they do or don't allow in British Columbia or, or Alaska. So check the fine print on those regulations. But in California, you can only have two hooks. Now, thankfully, a treble hook, because everything is welded together, only counts as one. Mm-hmm. But uh, typically what I'll do with, with the slow pitch jigs is I'll have a single assist hook off the nose mm-hmm. and, then, and then a large long shank single hook off the tail. That allows me to add a gulp tail, which does a couple different things. Number one, slow pitch jigging is so good that literally the very first fish that sees the jig is going to bite it. And uh, You mentioned that, that, uh, that phenomenon, like, whoops, I didn't even get to the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying, I, I'm trying to scare the small fish off a little bit. Uh, so by adding a six, a five or a six inch uh, uh, gulp grub on the tail, now makes the jig quite a bit bigger, and hopefully for at least a minute, it scares the smaller fish off long enough for a big fish to find it. It also allows, um, a, a, you know, another contrasting color, so you can kind of have a better chance of, of hitting on whatever it is the fish want that day. You never know. They change their mind all the time. And as we all know, gulps have an amazingly good scent. So sometimes that's the trigger. But, but well, yeah. and I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you what. I mean, those those hooks that you're using here, owner makes these. They're long shank. I, I use them in seven odd and nine odd. Uh, they're just a long, very long shank hook because it allows you to do that with gulp. I love gulp. Okay, but I like when I rockfish. If you see sometimes when I go to British Columbia, these places for Rhonda, I'll just put two hooks. Okay. And they both have, you know, a gulp without the weight, without using a lead head. So your traditional two-hook ganyan, but instead of putting a bait, because you don't get a lot of bait up in uh, northern uh, in Alaska and stuff, okay, you've got to use plastic. I use, uh, I use those, in fact, and they work really, really good. So, um, yeah, I, I, like, I like it. Folks, if you get a chance, again, go to Friends of Angler Chronicles. Steve is posting up some really, real, real good information here. Okay. And uh, Earthworm, um, I, there's, I'm sure there's some gulp that you could use um, for, for trout, right? Earthworm, did we lose you? Uh, yeah, I mean, we can use a gulp. Oh, you can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know you can. Carson, I know you use it. I know you've turned me on to some of that when we I've gone I went to the Sierras a couple of times once with with Ronnie and we used some gulp. That was kinda cool. 
Okay, but I, I use gulp, I mean, surf fishing. Uh, I love the uh, little sand crab type looking things. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the things going on. And uh, again, thank you, Steve, for posting all the stuff on Rockfish and Tuna. Much appreciated. Folks, you're listening to Raiders Radio, AMA 30 KLAA. We'll be right back. Cause there's a wound here in my heart where something's missing And they tell me that it's gonna heal with time But I know you're in a place where all your wounds have been erased And knowing yours are healed is healing mine Angels Radio AME 30 Lytle Screen Printing in Huntington Beach, where quality and service are everything since 1989. Screen printing, embroidery, digital printing, Lytle does it all. Shop their extensive line of apparel and headwear or bring in your own for customization. A few embroidered shirts or thousands of printed t-shirts, Lytle has you covered. No order is too big or small. Mention Angler Chronicles and they will waive your setup fees for your first order. You can find them on the web at lysphb.com or call 714-969-2424. Lytle Screen Printing, where all your needs are met. Hello, I'm Chef Bree, head chef for Carne de Teresa, and it's my goal to make you a chef in your own kitchen. I've created the perfect and most delicious seasonings to go on top of our pollo asado and pollo adobado. And our Carne de Teresa Salvadoreño sausage is perfect for breakfast or dinner. Carne de Teresa is always hand-cut, hand-seasoned, and hand-packed right here in Southern California. You can find our delicious Carne de Teresa products at your local Albertsons, Food for Less, Ralph's, and Smart and & Final. Let Carne de Teresa make you a chef in your own kitchen. Visit CarneDeTeresa.com for recipes and more. Remember, when fishing, practice CPR. Catch, photograph, and release, and always eat more Carne de Teresa. This is Teresa. Carne de Teresa is a proud sponsor of Angler Chronicles and Olive Crest. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angels Radio. AM 830. Welcome back, everybody. I love those drums. This is Angels Radio slash Raiders Radio. Uh, AMA 30 KLAA. Um, I just found out where Thailani were 13 point, 13 and a half point underdogs. 13 and a half. That's two touchdowns. Ugh. You know what? Just win, baby. Win ugly. Okay, I love it. All right, let me get back to this. And Steve, I just saw that Friends of Angler Chronicles. You posted what I should be using on the surf, the camo sandworms. Okay. Oh, that, you know, it, 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 there's some little critter out there um, that looks exactly like those. Mm-hmm. And to all the various surf species, I mean, that's why they come in close where the waves are churning up the sand. They're, they're knocking those little sandworms loose. And they must taste like Hershey bars to fish. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but they just they go crazy for those things. 
Yeah, and then I see your trout worms here. So, yeah, I mean, um, any color that uh, – let me – let me. I know what you're recommending, Steve, but let me go to the earthworm, Andrew. You know, Andrew, I'm looking at the gulp here. What colors do you like? Uh, I definitely like the, the browns and that dark greenish color. Uh-huh, the dark green. I see. I, I like the bright colors, like the, the neon green and the, and the pink. I see Steve is showing those yeah. there. Sir, Sir Joe, here's an interesting phenomenon, and I, I would love it if Andrew commented on this. Um, back when we were testing the gulp, but before it was even on the market, um, it was working great at places like Irvine Lake and um, Santa Ana River Lakes, et cetera, et cetera. But I went up and... And in the bright colors, in chartreuse and pink and bright orange, et cetera. And then I was up on the Sacramento River, uh-huh. a little north of where you're going to be, up closer to Redding, where we're fishing. The fish were all wild. One of the few places left where you have all wild fish and you're allowed to use broad hooked and scented baits. There, there aren't that many of those places left. And there, those bright, unnatural colors were not working. You just like what Andrew says. You have to go for the natural earthworm color, or 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 like a dark brown or a dark green, something natural. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean that, that makes sense. Okay, match the hatch. So I love it. Okay, so uh, having said all that, I thank you for posting all that there. I want to talk about this. You just um, shot another, shot me again. I can't have a catch a sturgeon either now. Thanks, thanks. Okay, so no sturgeon, no salmon. I think I'm going to catch some some Z's when I get there. Have a nice dinner and enjoy it. Okay, so um, we've talked rockfish. That, that's going to be a staple for a while. Um, the season opens up when, uh, Andrew? When we can go back shallower water again? Uh, back shallow would be uh, April April first. April first. Okay, so we get to do that. Um, so hey, you know, until then, get an electric reel, borrow one, buy one, do what you got to do, uh, rent one because it, it's worth going the six hundred feet. In fact, I'm I'm I've got a really crazy idea for you. Okay, and you can both chime chime, uh, chime in on this one. I'd like to get one of those bigger reels that and go down. 2,000 feet. Okay. I mean, it's you got electric reels. So you just press the button, hold the rod. Um, what do you think we'd catch, Carson, at 2,000 feet? Well, uh, I don't know that anybody in California has gone down 2,000 feet. Uh, there's a lot of people out there right now fishing at 1,000 feet mm-hmm. with the big 10 electric reels, etc., for swordfish. Right, and even, um, even deeper, and even deeper. I've, I've, and if you go down to, like I said, I don't know of anybody in California that's gone down 2,000 feet in a few other areas where, in particular, where slow-pitch jigging um, is a little bit more refined, a little bit more popular, and yes, they are losing, using some pretty good-sized jigs. Uh, they're catching some exotic species that um, are pretty interesting. There's certainly they're members of the grouper family. They don't look like anything that would that that you would catch at more moderate depths. Um, there's a species called barrel fish mm-hmm. that, are pretty, that are pretty common in that deeper water, and all kinds of, for want of a better word, uh, fish that are red. Uh, <laughs> they're not anything you've seen before, but they're red. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely fish at 2,000 feet. Um, California, that is pretty untouched territory. Well, that, uh, so, I, so here's my thought. Get a 
one of the bigger reels, okay? Not the little one that I have. And something that can hold, you know, or at least 2,500 uh, feet of line, okay? Um, if you go thin, like use 20, you could use 20 if you don't want to use 15. And just put a, probably what, six, seven pound weight, 10 pound weight, and hold on. Those, those people go, well, seven pound, yeah, there was these big balls, remember, with uh, with almost like a keel on it so it wouldn't spin so much and you just go down. You remember those, Carson? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, like you say, uh, I, I, it's pretty untouched in our area. Um, but it, it, and you're going to have to go out there on a day when the weather is decent. You're not right. going to go out there when, when the current is real strong, there's a storm, the wind is blowing the boat all over the place. Um, in fact, I, I recall when the braided line was new. I know, I know. Don't, don't get me started. Uh, Ronnie and I were in Alaska, mm-hmm. and we were in a spot that was around 450 feet, which now doesn't even sound that deep. And uh, I, I had a pretty small reel with some 30-pound braid on it and managed to get all the way to the bottom with about an 8-ounce jig. I, I, Ronnie, and the guide were all blown away. We were just not used to what, what the performance uh, level is of the new. Of the, well, they're not even new anymore. I keep saying new lines. They're not new. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they've been out. Uh, what year is this? Oh, 30 years. Wow. Holy moly. So it's really not even new. And people like Andrew don't even remember a world without the Brit, the, the modern braided line. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, so I like, that's one of the things I want to do. The other things I want to try, and I, I got the permission from the sheriff to do this, yo-yo jigging for the tuna at night. You know, obviously now on a 100-pounder, okay? But most of the fish at night have been 40 and under, okay? So you can program the reel to for a certain depth it'll stop on his own come up on his own and keep drop doing everything for you until you catch a fish and then you can go ahead and play it I, i'm i'm going to try that because uh, when they when they say ah oh, they're uh, 300 feet 350 feet and you're trying to drop there that's fine but then you're going to come up as fast as you can your arms end up like noodles if I had an electric reel, I'd go really fast, okay, and hook up on these fish. All right, so, but th- again, that's just me. I like doing it. I like it the easy way. So, already been there, done that. All right, Carson, a lot of great information you shared on um, Friends of Angler Chronicles. Uh, there is one in particular I was hoping that you'd go deeper on, and that's when you, you posted all the jigs that have been working in Northern California. I thought that was kind of unique. I think there were techniques. Um, oh, I'm looking for it, Jackson. I mean, um, Carson, I can't find it now. But anyway, you were... T- oh, here it is. Okay. Some big bluefin were caught in northern, north of San Francisco this year. And you went on some of the different uh, styles. Okay, like downrigger, trolling. And then you got trolling cedar plugs, which are still working. Swimming plugs and large... You want to get into that a little bit? Well, yeah, and, and that all works down here too. But but we have a little bit more in in our in our uh, bag of tricks in in particular in San Diego because we you know we sort of had the secret weapon, which is a big tank full of thousands of live sardines mm-hmm. that both work for both chumming and hook bait. And um, the the, the uh, nighttime jigging by whether it's forty pounders or two hundred pounders, 
is pretty well established. The people are, are, are ready for it. Uh, the boat has the proper electronics, uh, et cetera, et cetera. In Northern California, those bluefin have uh, it, surprisingly have been up there for a long time. It's not a new thing. They've been migrating up there for many, many years. But you have a combination of things that, number one, um, salmon season's 100% closed. So people that used to fish for salmon have nothing to do. And the, the deep water rock cut areas are now open, which they've been closed for 30 years. So now people were, were out there going, what are those fish jumping? Oh, my God, they're bluefin tuna. And so the thing that has, that has really changed is the, I was a little bit more generic in that list. I said swimming plugs, and I'll repost that in a minute. But it's primarily the Mad Max, the big Mad Max, mm-hmm. that people troll at anywhere from 10 to 15 miles an hour on super heavy line. That was the key to unlock the Northern California bluefin tuna. But let let, let, um, let me just share something. I saw a lot of people trying to troll Mad Max on a party boat. Um, you're pro- you, they don't swim right at that speed. Eight to nine right. knots, it's just not going to work. Okay, so you might as well keep it in your bag. You're better off with a feather, a cedar plug, um, you know, a, a Rapala, whatever. You're better off with that than you are with uh, with one of these no, new nomads. Those have to be trolled at at least twelve knots. Okay, so yeah. for that you need a par- you need a, per- a, per- a I mean a personal boat. Okay, so a personal boat. Yeah. In fact, I was going to say. If you're trolling behind a party boat, there is a new Rapala called the Extreme, which has got a little bit different lip than the, than the ones you're used to. It's a little smaller. So they don't dive down 40 feet. They only dive about, you know, maybe 8 feet. Mm-hmm. But they will stay in the water even with heavy lines. So if you're trolling on a party boat, use that Rapala Extreme model. But, uh, again, in Northern California where there really aren't, there's there's, you know, one or two party boats that have kind of, started fishing the bluefin up there a little bit, but they don't have the big bait. They don't have sardines. Uh, there's one little spot in Monterey Bay where you can find mackerel, and if you're if you're in that area and you know how to cow and where to catch the mackerel, trolling them on a downrigger is pretty cool, but I'd say 95% of the people are just dropping that Mad Mac back behind a boat 600 feet and trolling fast, and they have been getting an astounding number of uh, there are no small ones up there mm-hmm. the 40 pound bluefin are not there uh the small ones are 100 pounds uh there has not been a 300 pounder caught this year but there's been a number um you know pushing the 250 pound mark so it's 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 a very very much still to be explored fishery a couple of boats have tried the nighttime jigging thing and not been successful yet but um and of course now the big problem in Northern California is right about now, even if the fish are there, which they are, the weather will not let you get out there. So it may be next year before we, we hear a whole lot more about those northern bluefin. But they're definitely up there. It's, it's, it's not a new thing for them, them to be up there. It's a new thing for them to be catching this many of them. Right. Well, I'll tell you where they are catching fish, East Cape. Have you seen the size of the Dorado they've been catching? I'm talking holy, thirty holy, plus yeah. forty pounders. So um, the only problem in November through about February, March in the East Cape is the wind. It gets very windy. However, in those days in between, huge fish are being caught. I saw sailfish. I mean, quality sailfish, marlin. These Dorado were absolute brutes. Okay, little tip when you're fishing East Cape or anytime you're fishing for Dorado. Um, 
if, if you're you're bringing in a Dorado and you're if your buddy's bringing one in, put a bait in the water right away. Dorado usually they're in packs, okay. And if it's a male, the females will go with them, okay. So you, there's always more than one fish in, in the area. So if you catch a fish, you got a Dorado, bring them in as slowly. So that gives everybody else a chance to put a bait in the water and get on those fish. But anyway, very good fishing down in the East Cape. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is, again, I just remind everybody, on December 2nd in Lake Elsinore, we're going to be in the parade. So Angler Chronicles is going to be on the float. Got to practice my wave again. It's all good. And then we'll probably have uh, dinner there. Um, did you like where we had dinner last year, Andrew? That was pretty good Mexican food, wasn't it? Andrew, God, what happens to it? Okay, whatever you're doing to your phone, stop it because it's too much of a delay. Okay, just go to a quiet place. Okay, and keep it on. All right. So um, that was good Mexican food. Remember? Yeah, it was delicious. It was delicious. Yeah, yeah. it was cool on the float too. When we were when we were you know being driven around on the back of the boat, like how many people were there? Like there was thousands on that street. I think there was four thousand people. Okay, on Main Street. It was really cool. And everything was orderly. Everything was nice. Very family-oriented. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. All right. Everybody, hang on tight. I'm going to ask both of you. So I'm going to prep you. Thanksgiving plans. Okay? Especially if it involves fishing. Folks, we'll be right back. You're on Angels Radio, AMA 30, KLAA, listening to Angler Chronicles. Carrying pups on me. Angels Radio AMA 30 Looking for something to do today? Come check out what's new at Michael's Sports Pub and Grill. Michael's was voted Orange County's best sports bar. Whether it's sports, drinks, games, or food, Michael's has something for everybody. And don't forget the wings that Michael is famous for. Michael's Sports Pub and Grill, 15192 Golden West Street, Westminster, California. Just south of the 405 Freeway. Michael's Sports Pub and Grill. Don't blink on the sink with the original hookup baits. With their patented design, the original hookup baits are built in the USA using only the highest quality of materials and owner hooks. After years of research and development, the original hookup baits have captured the profile and lifelike action, causing fish to bite, whether it's in salt water or fresh water, jigging or trolling. Go to hookupbaits.com or participating tackle shops and get yours today. Remember, don't blink on the sink and practice catch, photograph and release. The perfect day is my family and I on the boat, out on the waterway. I love it. Nothing but sun, snacks, fishing, and of course, life jackets for everyone. Save the ones you love. Life jackets save lives. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angels Radio. AMA 30. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Angels slash Raiders Radio, AMA 30 KLA. And yes, I'm on a Raider high. That's two in a row. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, before I go to asking both of you, Andrew and Steve Carson, what your plans include for the 
Thanksgiving weekend. I just want to remind everybody, as you plan 2024, we've got some exciting shows. We've got the Bart Hall shows. In January, you'll be in Long Beach. February is in San Diego. And then if you like the boat show in Pomona, the first week of March. And then the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. That's at the OC Fairgrounds on March 7th through the 10th. I'm pretty sure we're going to have a booth there. Um, we'll be with all our friends. Um, Steve, we could see you as well uh, at the pen booth, right, this year? Not if I see you first. There you go. There you go. So come by and say hello to us. We'll be in different places. Uh, um, Andrew, you're going to have to start taking some time off uh, for those shows and make sure that uh, you come out and hang out with us. We love having you there. And that way the fans can come out and um, and, and say hello. Okay. As far as the weather this week, um, look, guys, it'll be sporty on Saturday and Sunday, but then it gets kind of nice until about Thursday. Then it gets ugly, but then it gets nice again for the weekend. What does it mean? That means Thursday is going to be kind of hairy out there, which means you should be with your family, okay, having some dinner. And if you don't have a family, go find some friends. Okay, that's what thing. Great thing about fishing, we're all a family. Find find somebody that you know. Go have a, a bite to eat with them, and just be thankful. So, having said that, all of that. Okay, all right. I'm going to start with you, Earthworm. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? What's the plan? Uh, well, I'm actually heading up to uh, Pismo Beach. Uh, we're camping there. Uh, till uh, Friday night, then I'll be driving back. Um, I'll be in studio uh, on Saturday, by the way. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be a great time um, out there. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll do some uh, some fishing there off the beach, um, you know, see what's biting out there, maybe some perch, and I'll bring some of those gulp that we were just talking about and uh, then uh, see what's going on. I like but, yeah. it. Very good. Uh, so, are you, so that would be on Thursday itself? Yes, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I'll be like I said. I'll be driving back uh, Friday afternoon. Okay, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that you mentioned uh, uh, your lovely wife. Is she available? Uh, will be there with. If she available, uh, if I'll take her fishing. Actually, <laughs> she yeah, she she's going with me. She'll be there too. Okay, well, uh, lovely woman and a lovely family you got there. So excellent, excellent. All right, Carson, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to be having a nice Thanksgiving dinner uh, with friends, and then I'm going to be back in my tackle room getting everything ready for my eight-day trip on the Shogun. That oh, is nice. That's going to run the first week of December. So you won't be at the parade either? I will not be at the parade. I'll be <laughs> there in spirit. The empty seat right next to you, that's me. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to be uh, heading up north. Um, I'm going to fly into, it's Sacramento, but it's actually, I'm going to Roseville. It's a little bit off Sacramento and a great community. My parents live in an adult community with, I think they have two golf courses there. And believe me, believe me, I've seen the, the water there and I've seen some splashes in the water. I have not tested that out yet, but again, Everybody in there drives um, one of these golf carts. What I, I could probably outrun my my dad. Okay, so <laughs> that would be the the average age there. I could probably outrun him, Steve, especially at night. First of all, they got to be able to see me. Okay, 
Then they got to be able to hear me. And then they got to be able to chase me. motion detectors out there now, Sergio. It's I'll, all high tech. I'll be, I'll be still like a log. How's that? No? <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's fun. Look, I mean, uh, the important thing is uh, I get to be with my family. I, believe me, I know how blessed I am at my age to have both mom and dad still around. So, uh, And still in pretty good shape. Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to go up there, spend some time. Then Ron and Sebastian will join me the next day. They're driving up because they've got the dog, so they got to bring the dog. And um, spend a couple of days with us and um, with the family. It's all good. So spend some time. And go fishing. Guys, go fishing. If you, I just can't believe that some of these boats are tied up at the dock with excellent weather. And tuna. Okay, I don't know what's going on. But for some reason, Steve, these boats are just not getting out. I hope it's not because people are tired of catching bluefin tuna. I think it may be a case of... Of uh, people with uh, too much bluefin tuna in the freezer disease. Okay. I and still so, don't know. Yeah, still... I'm not sure what the solution is. I, I tell you, I'll I, tell you I, what and... the solution is. Go ahead and go donate the fish. There's a lot of food banks that would take your fish. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know what I really miss, and it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, it's a long, it's a long sad story of why we can't get canned tuna anymore. But I do miss. The, the option of, of turning your fish in, whether it was albacore way back in the day, or bluefin or yellowfin more, you know, in more modern times, you, you had the option of getting canned tuna. And uh, I didn't get it all the time, but I did sometimes get it, and uh, I, I missed that option, which is too bad it's gone. Okay, well, I like that. Well, listen, both of you are good with math. I'm, I'm going to... Something I came across here, it just caught my attention. And I know, Steve, the answer for you is yes, but let me ask Andrew. Andrew, do you know what the show Gilligan's Island was? Of course. Okay, good. So here's the question. Ah, oh, I'm impressed. Whoa. I know. How about that? And by the way, Elvis was not on that boat, but here's the deal. The, <laughs> the boat that was used was the SS Minnow. Do you happen to know, Steve, what... What kind of boat that was? You know, I was just reading that social media post yesterday, uh-huh. and the name of the boat has the name of the brand of the boat. Obviously, it's the SS Minnow has already left me. I don't remember. Nineteen sixty four Wheeler. That's okay. right. That's right. Now I had a cruising speed of twelve knots, which means they couldn't have traveled more than forty one point five miles because it was a three hour tour. So my question is, and I guess I'll, since you already know the answer, um, how real do you think the show was, um, Andrew? How how old? What did you say? How real do you think the show was? I'm beginning. Oh, the show was, was it was it was so real. It was a documentary. I think so, but see what happens there. You know, Sergio, um, since we're on the subject of Gilligan's Island, um, there was one episode where they're trying to be rescued and they're attaching a map of where they are, where the island is, to a seagull's leg, and they go, let the seagull go, and there's a very brief picture of the map. Uh, And and I'm sure some low-level producer had to find you know, the most isolated rock they could anywhere to indicate where they were. And where the island was is almost, not exactly, but almost exactly where 
Clipperton Island is. Uh-huh. And if you're if you're uh, familiar with uh, uh, some of the legendary San Diego uh, destinations of long-range boats, Clipperton Island is just about as isolated a rock as you're going to find uh, in the eastern Pacific. So I'm sure that, that somebody chose that location on purpose. And uh, certainly on a three-hour tour from anywhere, they couldn't have gotten there. Exactly. Okay, so in other words, don't get on a boat that's called the SS Minnow. And if you don't know, I don't know what to say. I just don't want to. You know, there's people that actually don't know what uh, what that was. So, anyway, okay. So uh, I'm gonna just say this. Can you guys hear that? Uh huh. See, there's the song. If you didn't, if you never saw Gilligan's Island, uh, you're missing out. All right, so listen, um, I want everybody to have a very, very good, safe, and thankful Thanksgiving, okay? Um, this is a time to spend with family. If you don't have your family, find some friends. If you don't have, you don't have any friends, go, go spend your time in some of these food kitchens, okay? Serve our community. This is a time to be thankful. Be thankful for everything that you have, okay? Um, it's not about wanting. It's about being happy with what you already have. Okay, so grab that loved one, hug him, tell him you love him, and tell him you're thankful for him. And above all, let's all be kind to one another. This world really is a mess, but let's start by being kind to one another, okay? Uh, Andrew, Steve Carson, have a great Thanksgiving. And folks, we'll talk to you next week. Well, folks, that's the show for this week. It's time to truck on out of the city and get outside in God's country. We'll see you next week on Angler Chronicles.